When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, it's Craig and Katya. And you know what we want to tell them about? Hawaii Five-0 is having a sale on pilgrim hats. That's right, and pumpernickel. <laughs> pumpernickel bread is so underrated. That's why I choose rye. Mm-hmm. And that's why I like to go check out my options on patreon.com slash Katya and Craig. That's where all the relevant tea is spilled, Ooh. as it were, and not to mention certain facts that can be used as receipts upon dragging a person, Exposing. tearing off their wig, mm-hmm. um, going off, snapping. Snatching. Snatching. Absolutely. Spalding. Oh, Spalding yeah. gray her. <laughs> Drag her, monologue her. Diane Weist her. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Ellen barking her to death, hunty. Barbara Hershey. Oh, who Hershey? Who was she? Damn. Find out all mm. that and more on patreon.com slash Cotton Crick. Because what, what do we have there? We got the bonus episodes? We got bonus episodes. We got uh, we got extra episodes. We got exclusive episodes. We got firewall pay-through uh, non-standard uh, secret episodes. We got movie clubs. We got anti-movie clubs. Yeah. We got uh, fish and chips. We got haggis. We got uh, deals and uh, deal or no deals. And we got uh, Howie Mandel's OCD uh, pay-per-view comedy hour. That's right. Absolutely. All that and more. Plus, listen to questions. So, listen. Go there at the patreon.com slash Cotton Craig and enjoy yourself. So, listen. Why don't we get into the episode? Episode now. A Russian ballerina stopping on a bureaucrat. A perky suburban housewife who just got into scats. It's whimsically volatile. So we're here with Rod Thomas, Eureka, and Annalise. Annalise, lovely to meet you. Pleasure and meet thank you. you for joining us today. Yeah, I'm super excited to be here. What about mm-hmm. you? I'm over the moon. I'm a bit, <laughs> bit jet-lagged, but I'm great. Mm-hmm. And oh. we were just getting to know each other. Moonstruck, really. <laughs> <laughs> Good film reference. <laughs> um, yeah, no. Uh, I'm excited to be here. Obviously, you are so sweet, Craig. Nice oh, to thank meet you. you. Um, lovely to meet you. Of course, you know, we met on Grinder. actually. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, it, was it, was, it was a lovely hookup. I would, I would not. Right? Um, no. Honestly, he called you back. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. He called me to come to a podcast. So yeah. It must have been really good. Um, also, my best friend is here from high school. Her mm-hmm. name is Annalise. Yeah. So say hi, Anna. I'm here. She's an artist. I'll let you, you tell about yourself. Yeah. Everyone knows me. I'm a painter, and you know, I, I help Eureka with the drag to keep it the extreme. And mm-hmm. help she's the, a stylist. I, if I you help will. the aesthetics a little bit to. And my heart and my best keep friend. Her and yeah. yeah. So since high school, best since friend. Since high school, that's remarkable. Weird, weird. Yeah. Like first time drunk, and we're pretty wild. Right. <laughs> oh, wow. So you were first time drunk together. Yeah. Yes, actually, as I stole my mom's Lumina. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Like, if anyone doesn't know, it's oh, a large God. car that's made of full steel because it was in the 90s type vehicle. Oh, yeah. Um, a Chevy Lumina, to be exact. Yeah. That, yeah, we did not wreck, but we're wasted. We made it home and to school the next day. <laughs> wow, and that's impressive. That's yeah. very impressive. Yeah, yeah. seven. Uh-huh. All without peeing on ourselves. Yeah, <laughs> also <laughs> impressive. Now, were you there when you, Eureka first did the drags? I had already moved. Oh, yeah. I had already moved out here. I came out here first. I hoped and prayed she'd mm-hmm. get out here. And that was from Johnson City, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. 
But no, granted, she was still always there. You know, there was always a messaging. She kept her eye on me tight and close. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I'd have my ups and my downs and I would get I'm my, like, oh no, my God, you're doing great. No, or, do it, don't worry. Just or you would be going. like, calm down. God's got you, girl. Or, yeah. So. <laughs> so she was always the lifeline. For sure. Were you the first person that uh, you told when you were going on season nine? Um, I actually did not tell Annalise before I left for filming, wow. well, okay. but I did tell her after. Yeah, she was good at the secret. Yeah, so once I got back, I was like, I I messaged her shortly after it because obviously I had to have surgery and stuff. But I messaged her. Sure. And was like, okay, so we need to talk. Um, something happened, mm-hmm. and I was like, call me, and she was like, okay. So I, she called me, and I was like, well, I guess like all the prayers and the jujus and the whatever um, it happened, <laughs> I made it on RuPaul's Drag Race, and this bitch was more excited than yes. I was. <laughs> she was like, yes, bitch. I knew it. You're gonna be it. Yeah, I knew like, you were a star. Yeah, she's very that. What is it like trying to keep a secret like that, where you know something's gonna happen and you can't? <sighs> Like share. It's terrible. You know, you have to be a pathological to liar to everyone <laughs> in your life. Um, honestly, that's just the way that you just lie to everyone. Mm-hmm. You know, I and I obviously also had an injury. Sure. So um, I came up with this elaborate scheme. Well, not scheme, but this uh, well semi elaborate story. I talk a lot. So that's I'm fine. Talk Look, it's completely a around the we, direct conversation. That's the theme of our show. Um, oh, actually, thank God. Yeah. yeah. No, pod to the cast. Uh, so I actually was just telling everyone that I tore my ACL doing cartwheels with my nieces um, uh-huh. in the yard. And then recently I broke my ankle roller skating with my nieces. Oh, my God. And that is real. Exactly uh, two years later. So you fulfilled wow. the premise. Yeah, full yeah. circle. Oh, yeah. my God. I put full circle on my um, my pathological lying no no i'm like oh fuck you your comic timing is amazing (laughs) she's really the one no my mood board and it's not a mood board my vision board i put full circle on there and so many crazy things are coming full circle now Mm -hmm. um and i'm like so now I really did injure myself with my nieces. So I think it's like that <laughs> yeah. full circle lie yeah. coming back to bite me in the ankle. Yeah, you, of the you manifested that. Do you believe in manifesting? Do you believe in putting things out in the universe? Oh, yeah. We both are like huge believers Deep. in um, mm-hmm. the law of attraction. You know, yeah. we're, we're both avid watchers of the secret when we get down uh-huh. and how mm-hmm. I need like an uplifting like um movie instead of watching like you know some happy like disney film we decide to throw in the secret because oprah said it worked so we believe it um and honestly it does work i think oprah um, knows yeah if you come from nothing to something then you got to be believing in something to get you do, it don't you? Yeah. Yeah. yeah i mean i think religion can only get you so far and there's definitely a lot of faith mm-hmm. um that i that we both share obviously we have faith um but i also think that there's so much energy and we're connected by science too and um the body is made up of literally 100 percent energy and that's what the law of attraction is about right, right. Mm-hmm. So it's about attracting the energy that you're projecting out um and with where if you're talking real serious like electrons protons neutrons all that yeah it's all the way to like the minimalism of science that law of attraction works i feel on so um i definitely believe in manifesting and the law of attraction and you get what you're giving you know if you're giving negativity and thinking about that that's what you're going to get 100 percent. that makes me think of the reaction some people had to you on season nine uh-huh. and then the changed person some people thought they saw on season 10 how would you characterize your journey from season nine to season 10 in terms of how you were presenting maybe okay okay um be more direct on how they perceived me on nine what do you think perhaps you were coming across a little negative on season nine okay whereas on season 10 you're very much the person trying to lift people up right now obviously there was the issues with vixen etc but that's sort of to the side that's more of a personal thing 
you know, everyone leaving Monet and Cameron out in the group challenge for the DragCon challenge, and I grabbed them and scooped them up. Yeah, of course. I'm a very motherly person. Season nine, I was a child. You know what I mean? Sure. And um, although back home, I was known as like the drag mother. I mean, like, but besides my drag mother, right? So I had like a little bit of the baby syndrome, but I was also <laughs> had a huge drag family. Yeah. Um, I was really popular and known in the community. So you you come as these big fishes where you're from. Sure. Um, into a, a competition where you're with all the big fishes from where they're from. Yeah. And then, you know, a couple newcomers here and there, but really they're probably uh, one of the best at whatever they do, you know, mm -hmm. whatever type of drag they do, they're the best at it wherever sure. they're from. Um, so coming in there, you all of a sudden realize like, oh, I'm not, I might be the biggest girl in the room, but I'm not the biggest fish. You know what I mean? Sure. Um, so I think that... I, I, I was perceived negative more than I truly was, but... It, People also forget that episode two was when I hurt myself. Yeah. So I was also in an immense amount of pain that and trying to you. pretend yeah. sure. that I wasn't in pain. Yeah. So I might have been projecting and trying to joke and it wasn't funny. <laughs> like, uh, and some of it came across a little more negative than I intended, but it was, I think, me masking the fact that I was hurting, but I was trying to pretend like I was okay. Yeah. I was terrified I was going to get sent home for it. Sure. Um, I was not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Thinking about but, like pain in your body, and you've you know mentioned about like all the energy that you have in your body. Yeah. How hard is it to look after your body doing drag? Because you have to do so many like acrobatics yeah. that you you're not trained as an athlete, and there's mm -hmm. so much you're putting your body through. Like, how do you how do you stay? Um, you just ruin your joints, you know. I mean, <laughs> yeah. and you hope and pray that you can walk at 35. You know, I mm -hmm. think is what drag queens <laughs> hope and pray for. And you start wearing shorter and shorter heels as mm -hmm. drag years go on. <laughs> um, and honestly, for me, I think it's just you. You you have to remember, just like an athlete, stretch every time you mm -hmm. do a show, yeah. even if it's just for like two minutes, but right before you go on stage, like you know, squat, like stretch your arms, your shoulders, because you can notice a huge difference when you do and don't. Sometimes we get caught up in drinking about our alcohol versus our water. What? So, Wait a second. Hold I on mean, a second. This I mean, is uh, it's been rumored. Okay. Right. All right. Okay. Thank you. I'm glad so I'm sitting my down. alcohol of choice is always uh, when I'm working, I drink uh, vodka and water with lime. Oh, okay. So yeah. that way, I'm still getting a little water. Yeah. With my, with yeah. my alcohol. Absolutely. Zero carbs. Yeah. yeah. Zero zero carbs. Carbs. And a little citrus just in case. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. Of course. And lime syrup if I'm feeling nasty. Yeah. <laughs> 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 but yeah, I think uh, you just you try to take care of yourself the best you can. And a lot of people don't. And, you know, I hate that they, you know, they deal. But also you can never tell. You know, I, I do splits and kicks and death drops and the most as a 400 pound gender neutral, non-conforming, non-binary person slash drag queen. Um, but then I roll my ankle and break it roller skating with my nieces. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Sure. So yeah, like, exactly. You so also you know. can't be too precious about things. So yeah, you really can't. Yeah. And I suppose then when you're on stage, you're aware of what you're doing to your body, right? So you've got it in your mind, like, I need to be careful, blah, blah, blah. And then you just walk in, you don't think about it. And then you're like, oh, mm -hmm. my ankle's gone. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I think so too. But adrenaline and the crowd and a lot of that, like, really affects the performance level too yeah. you're not thinking about it it's like you know it's like with any artist you know when you're doing what you love and you're getting that adrenaline and that fuel and that you that drugs being fed to you yeah. that you are addicted to because mm -hmm. that's what creative and um artists are addicted to is like that energy they get from people or the perceptions of, that they have of us or um you know, it's, you don't really care, you yeah. know, you do whatever it takes to like sure. keep them screaming louder. Yeah. yeah. How hard is it then to convey like how 
good you are as a performer and all the craft that you've honed, right? Which you do in a room to real people in a real place with energy and feeding off that to a TV studio. That must yeah. be so difficult. It wasn't difficult for me. <laughs> okay. But good. mostly, I think the reason it wasn't difficult for me because I studied radio, TV, and film at East right. Tennessee State University. Mm-hmm. Um, film and TV is what I've always wanted to work in. So I had like a little bit of experience, like working in the newscast um, for our college, yeah. you know, doing different video projects and like um, elements of the industry in school. Um, I just didn't have like, you know, um, actual experience. Um, so mm-hmm. it was kind of fun for me to, to get to experience it for real versus in a classroom yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah. um so i guess it came to me a little easier plus um i always have my personality on i can't help it i don't really change much in or out of drag eureka can be i don't know do i you can be a little more of like eureka just like moves her body differently as soon as you you put that that lash on all of a sudden you are feeling yourself oh she's a woman yeah (laughs) i mean it's a different aesthetic for sure different feeling yeah i mean uh my real name is david um my family calls me D. I don't really go by David. So usually mm-hmm. D, I guess, as far as my masculine um, persona. But yeah, D or David is uh, a little bit more chill, but still just as theatrical, but in a different way, I think. Uh-huh. More Chris Farley-esque, you know, <laughs> when Eureka is more Queen Latifah. Okay. You know, that's the sure. best way. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Slash Melissa McCarthy, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> you, you, you're a diva in both, but you try not to be as much of a diva and it's like you can ask twice if you're in in a boy, but if you turn into Eureka, it's like, no, baby, I said now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. She knows your clock. She knows oh, me God. too well. So it's good to have the perspective of someone else that knows, you know. Sure. And how did you arrive at the name Eureka based on your mom's name? Uh, yeah, my mom's name is Ulrika from germany and it's u-l-r-i-k-e mm-hmm. um i'm na- i'm a junior so i was named after my father mm-hmm. so uh, when i decided to have a female persona i was like well my mother i adore so much more so <laughs> why not just use her name but i needed it to be able to be pronounced american way so i just decided to name myself after the eureka vacuum cleaner that we had at our house <laughs> um i was like and people can say it you know eureka and then it means found it and yeah. you know i'm gonna be a star and you know yeah. this is me speaking into the universe and <laughs> <laughs> I was not wrong. <laughs> Sometimes it can be hard when you're pulling yourself basically in the universe through things to another goal. Yeah. To fight the negative self-talk. And there was a lot of mm-hmm. focus on that in season 10 with the evil twin challenge yeah. and all of that. What's the best thing you think someone can do? Or how did you handle dealing with that in the moment? Um, oh, girl, you know, you just take your face and you smack it into a wall. You know, you know, whatever it takes. Uh, no, maybe not. Um, <laughs> that's just what I do. Because, <laughs> you know, walk in the house. I'm like, you know, I got a good old uh, drywall here. I'll just smack my face into. Um, so it depends on the type of wall and yeah, your pain tolerance. Self-deprecating. Um, <laughs> physical violence. No, I think that... Uh, <laughs> I think the best thing, it's just... Uh, I there's a book that I've read three times now and everyone I meet I in, I should be getting an endorsement deal because I fucking endorse <laughs> this book and it's called The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. Uh-huh. Have you all heard of it? I have heard of it. Um, yeah. It's in the self-help uh, best-selling list. It has been for months now, I think. Um, and there's something in there that 
I like to use to explain, and it's about changing the narrative in your brain. Mm -hmm. Um, We have thousands and thousands of thoughts a day, and all those thoughts are critiquing ourselves usually, or assuming other people are critiquing us, but everyone else is having that exact same thought process. Yeah. So when once you learn that, and then uh, second, learn the fact that you have to change the narrative. Like instead of saying, oh my God, I was so crazy uh, last night because I partied too much. Instead of saying that, be like, Oh my God, I was so much fun because I had a blast last night. You know, <laughs> yeah. you have to change the narrative. Sure. And I think that's how you get rid of that inner saboteur, you know? Yeah. And it takes time and practice just like anything else. You identify as? Well, non-binary, gender neutral. Sure. And, uh, but for years you identified as a transgender woman? Yeah, I lived as a trans woman for four years. Mm-hmm. I went to college full time, uh, went to work full time. Uh, you know, my nieces, uh, grew up with me basically for their earliest childhood, like understanding me as a female. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, uh, I did. I grew up with all women. So I always wanted to be a girl. You know, I was always so jealous. I wanted to make them up and like fix their hair and style them. Mm-hmm. So I had that kind of in me already. Like, and I think gay boys in general, um, not everyone, I can't put words in anyone's mouth, but we all have those thoughts. I think growing up where we wish we were a girl because it's so wrong to be who we are, mm-hmm. but it would be okay if we were a girl. So the things that we like, girls are allowed to like. So I think we all have those, um, thoughts when we're younger as we're trying to understand ourselves um and then when i turned 18 i actually had a fake id and uh before, up until then so i had to start using my real id so i was going out to the bar in drag to get into the bar with my mm-hmm. actual 18 year old id yeah so i was going out a lot in drag and i met this guy who was really into me and um as a female and i actually lived with a trans woman mm-hmm. and it just all seemed to line up for me so i was like you know i think this is the path i need to go sure um plus i fell in love with this guy who loved my female persona and i am very feminine so that's pretty much how that change came along Mm -hmm. um it was always a question in the back of my mind like i wish i was born a girl you know yeah sure um and maybe i am and then when i realized oh there is an option you know it's definitely a life changer but this is an option i can give a shot to do so um and i did it so i transitioned and started taking all the medications i could find honey ordering all the online uh spirolactones which is a testosterone blocker estradiol which was an estrogen supplement honey i'd be uh buying my sister's birth control eating it yeah anything to make me more feminine you know and it wasn't healthy and it's actually very illegal so do not do that anyone (laughs) listening to this podcast (laughs) um you know it's go to a doctor be seen by a professional i didn't do it the right way but yeah did you have any negative consequences because of that oh yeah i was batshit crazy (laughs) (laughs) you cannot fuck with your chemicals in your brain like that you just can't honey i mean i had the softest skin honey and i had you know so it's worth right it was baby beauty is pain honey beauty is pain <laughs> whether it's mental pain or anguish or not but i was definitely it was it was very rocky because so one week it was the best week in the world the next week i was ready to kill myself you know oh okay um, sure. and it was vocal i was very honest honestly my fan base grew huge because i was such so open about the experience yeah and as a trans individual i was constantly on facebook and instagram and not instagram so much then where i'm from facebook was the big thing okay we didn't really do instagram or twitter at that time Mm -hmm. it was all facebook Mm. so facebook lives you know doing my day makeup like talking about i am a strong independent trans woman going to college today and you know um 
just try to mask it, right? Mask mm-hmm. the pain that you're feeling inside. Um, it's just, I don't know. It's, it's definitely it takes a toll, you know? And, but I had a boyfriend, so I, I had that emotional support, right? Sure. Yeah. Um, but he was not healthy for me. He was actually very abusive, oh. um, physically and mentally. And he was the tiniest guy. I don't know how the fuck I let him be physically abusive to me. I mean, I just, I think about it now and I'm like, I'm so big, but I'm so anti-violence. Yeah, yeah. sure. And also, sometimes people just slip through the filter and you go, how the hell did I let that happen? I know. Yeah. I'm you like, know? I literally let this man, like, <laughs> kind of knock me around a little bit. And, like, it, it hurts your pride, too. So, yeah. yeah. You know, you get to a point, finally, where you're like, no, this is not okay. Yeah. Um, and you get to a low point. And th- that's where I got. And, and it was with probably a little bit of chemical imbalance happening in my mind, one, from not legally taking the appropriate dosages of sure. medication to yeah. help my transition. Um, so I definitely promote going to a doctor. Um, and then also the physical and mental abuse of a relationship. He made me feel kind of worthless, too. So then yeah. when we split up, I maybe... Uh, I lasted literally maybe four or five months at the most still living as a trans woman because I was in such a dark place. So I decided to detransition because I was discovering what gender fluidity was. Like mm-hmm. I worked with a lot of organizations. So I was learning through Saga at my college what gender neutrality was mm-hmm. and the different spectrums of it all, working with the Tennessee Transgender Political Coalition. So, you know, I was like, I'm going to give it a shot. I need mm-hmm. to take a step back and find myself again. Yeah. And I, um, yeah. So, yeah, I remember I said, it's okay. You got to be yeah. the best of both worlds. <laughs> exactly. I mean, it was a hard choice to make. I had a, a trans mother, basically. Jacqueline mm-hmm. St. James, but she was my drag mother. But before she was my drag mother, she was like a trans mother to me. She taught me how um, to be comfortable and confident to go out. There was a year that I would like literally be paranoid to go out in public okay. as a trans yeah. individual sure. being in Tennessee. Sure. Um, but then soon I learned, like, honestly, I was gorgeous <laughs> as a woman, and I didn't realize that it took, you know, a man to tell me, oh, um, uh, you know, and <laughs> honestly being sexualized by men, it took to tell me. And, you know, that was also a dark side to that is that you are a fetish for men. So you mm-hmm. were very sexualized yeah. and it was flattering, but at the same time, it's very detrimental knowing that you're only fetishized by those mm. men and not respected. So, and also you struggled to achieve the level of body positivity that you have today, right? Yeah. So mixed in with that, I can imagine, like I, I've had weight issues up and yeah. through my life. And so that will definitely affect when you start being mm-hmm. in romantic relationships. Well, I was actually like, I was probably 60 or 70 pounds lighter than I yeah. was tall and thin and I was poor. So I was not eating like I do oh, now. Okay. There you go. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, I, I was, I started eating after I detransitioned not, kind of. Uh, I gained weight when my testosterone started building back in. Oh, I see. Okay. Uh, so, like, the way hormones work is like, if you, I quit them cold turkey, which is really dangerous. Um, it can, it's really dangerous because it takes you to a really dark place. Uh, your chemicals are off in your brain. Your hormones sure. are off. I mean, it's basically a, a female going through menopause. You know, that's the best way to describe it. Um, but it's the opposite because you're being flooded with testosterone. Yeah. And so then you're going through menopause, but you're also a roid addict, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Um, nice bit so of juggling. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Crazy, crazy. <laughs> so I had like a crazy few months. You, um, you went a little bit off-piste with the 
yeah it was just wild and I, my body changed very drastically mm -hmm. i got a little taller weirdly um uh -huh. i grew yeah uh, my shoulders got weirdly broader like just the testosterone just flooded in and started making changes to my body too quickly um you know and now i'm this like sexy man today mm -hmm. <laughs> um and An annalise what was it like for you as, as a friend i was already here so yeah. Oh right, but, but again, I checking just, in all the time, right? I'm yeah, checking oh, yeah. in, making sure the mental state is okay because I knew the future was bright and yeah, I know the journey of of it being in a dark space because you never know when it's coming and you still mm -hmm. gotta wake up and figure something out to pay that rent too. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> you still That's gotta true get too. out. I got yeah. many an envelope and a card from oh, this young lady. I, I did. I sent her. In and she was in a dark place, and I I knew I could help. I sent. Yeah. I sent money, a card, mm -hmm. and the secret. And yeah. then, oh, then she sent me and the then secret. That, and the next yeah. season. The next season, she finally got on the show. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. Oh my yeah. God, I'm getting chill bumps. Oh my God, you're going to make me cry. <laughs> it needed to be done. Uh, yeah, that's so true. I forgot almost about that. And but. I remember saying, I'm not trying to organize it. Oh no, bitch. Yeah. You are going to. Uh, she literally was the one. She was like, no, bitch. No, get over yourself. You got to get out here some way, somehow. She said, just do it. She was like, you don't even have. She said, just do it, period. Yeah. And that's what, and yeah. I honestly did. It's not the best audition tape. We're not, I don't think we're allowed to release them. It's not the best audition tape, but there was something authentic about it because I didn't care. Sure. This season mm -hmm. that I was so authentic and uh, talking to casting people later, they were like, you know, yeah, we love that you dance and that you had style or whatever. But they were like, honestly, the authenticity in your video mm -hmm. was what we loved. Like, cause you were just over the top and like, you know, mm -hmm. funny and yeah. cute and sweet and whatever. And um that drastically changed and now when I tore my ACL and started to be on a bitch to everybody in pain. <laughs> but, but I, um, authenticity is so important to the kids watching the show. You know, yeah. like you're saying about you knew your friend was at a dark place back home, like not knowing how to like categorize yourself yeah. and how to talk about things. Like so many kids grow up in places like where we're from that they haven't heard of like options that your brain can allow yourself to understand because they don't exist where you're from, you know, and people think like oh i have to fit these boxes and they don't quite fit them so they feel lost and they feel kind of trapped and then they maybe try and live as something they're not without knowing like there's a whole world in a different you know state or whatever where you sure. were like sending yeah. the hope back home like it's yeah being open and honest is is really important talking about things you know I think we all go through that phase, whether you're heteronormative mm -hmm. or a part of the LGBTQ spectrum. Especially in a small town. In small yeah. towns, it's it's mm -hmm. kind of like a child into an adult doesn't know anything than what they're raised and what they're sure. around mm -hmm. and what they mm -hmm. observe. So if you're raised to think something's not okay, you're raised to think that art's not like ever going to get anybody anywhere and right. things yeah. like this, then you have it in your brain and you're trained that way. Yeah. It, if like I have a three-year-old and... And she's around everything yeah. because honestly, to me, everything is normal. Yeah. Everything yeah. is okay. Right. If you're good, yeah. you're good. If you go do bad things, then that's bad. Like if yeah. you hurt people and you sure. make them feel bad, it's okay if you listen to music with cuss words and it makes you feel happy. If it makes you feel happy, how can this be bad? Yeah. Right. It's how you're raised. I feel bad for the kids. I didn't know. I was in a dark place till I was 18, got yeah. out of my home, broke out and was like, 
oh, I'm I'm really not a bad person. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, like, and it's, yeah. it's a wonderful thing, too, to allow the kids to absorb as much as possible. And then my parents had a rule that I'm so thankful for. If Craig can understand it, he's allowed to watch it or listen to it, whatever. But oh, that was the only rule. Yeah. That's really cool. Oh. Isn't that cool? Yeah, yeah I'm yeah, so thankful really for cool. that. Yeah. No parents. Come on, liberals. Um, <laughs> Massachusetts liberals from Canada, yeah. too. Oh, yeah. Canada liberals? <laughs> wow. Oh my, oh, my God. I can't believe it. What's that about? <laughs> Uh, Raised on the classic rock. Well, piggybacking on you about the kids thing, I love that you expose your child. My favorite thing is to see kids at like drag brunches and stuff. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because the problem with hatred and discrimination is um, the lack of normality. You know, people are negative to things they don't understand. Sure. You know, we do it ourselves in the LGBTQ uh, community. You know, it just until recently, um, we were also very on the fence about trans individuals. A lot of people in our own community was pushing hate on them and like not giving them a place in our community. Like, well, well you, you want to be a woman. Like, you just want to be a woman to have sex with straight men. Or, you know, there were all these stereotypes that even we were throwing on our mm -hmm. trans individuals, which luckily we've learned from. Um, also, like, I think sometimes those, those people, that are raised, you know, sometimes big cities, sometimes backwoods to be, um, racist or anti-LGBT or mm -hmm. whatever it's because they probably haven't been exposed to a lot Absolutely, of positive yeah. LGBT yeah. Sure. people yeah. or positive, um, black role model individuals. Yeah. Sure. And they're just being told like that, you know, um, old, old conversation, honey. Yeah. Like, you know, we're not in the stone age anymore. Yeah. You know, yeah. so. I, I saw think, on the I'm sorry the billboard no. uh, panel discussion about race with Shea Coulee. Yes, you had a lot of interesting points about that, about learning things and how yeah. you learn from Shay and you learn from other people. Yeah, there's something that Bob the drag queen said to me, and it made the most sense I've ever heard. And it's I use Bob as a reference because I during some of those times he was very helpful to help me understand things, and um, he said to me that um, even if you don't realize or understand or know that you're being racist, you're still being racist, and that's what people forget. Sure, and I think in white culture, um, white people specifically, I think are very afraid to be seen as racist, so they get very defensive at the conversation. Mm -hmm. So the conversations aren't happening. And I think also um, people of color want to own that conversation, mm -hmm. and they deserve to. So I think it's a it's about us listening versus us telling them what should be happening or what we think sure you know s shut the fuck up and listen <laughs> you know <laughs> you don't understand what they're going through just because you've been discriminated because you're gay or because you're a woman or because you're a lesbian well girl that's a completely different type of discrimination you can't say what they've been through you can't speak for them you mm -hmm. know sure and you can't equate your oppression or suffering with anyone else's no you cannot you're absolutely yeah. right uh, Shea Coulee is one of the smartest advocates I've ever met, along with Bob the Drag Queen. Yeah. Um, she's definitely taught me a lot, uh, and that's one of the biggest things she tried to teach me. Listen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, people forget how to have conversations, you know? Like, mm -hmm. so much of the time, when you're talking about discrimination, even within the LGBTQI world, yeah. people, it makes me so sad when people who are oppressed or who are marginalized still marginalize other people because mm -hmm. they can't apply the same logic. Like, oh, they're doing that to me. I shouldn't do that. I am doing that to them. They don't yeah. understand that they're doing the same damage sure. to other people. Yeah, And people, especially when you think about politics now, it's like two people shouting across like a chasm, right? Rather than like having a meaningful discussion. And it's mm -hmm. just so prominent in the world. It's really sad. It is sad. I think everywhere deals with that. Do you have something to say? <laughs> you look like I don't, look like, I don't, I don't like this stuff in politics, but a lot of the times they sound so angry. It's like, yeah. well, they don't come from a place of like, uh, 
I, when I listen to their message, it's like, wow, these yeah. people are angry. They're shouting at each yeah. other. I'm like, they're angry for what they want. And I'm like, oh, it's a, when it have don't you, matter When what. have you ever seen two people shout at each other that ends peacefully? Like, <laughs> exactly. Never. You know, Ruth Bader Ginsburg said it well herself. You know, if you have to shout, you'll never win the argument. Never. Yeah. Um, and it should, that's my yeah. favorite quote of hers, actually. I'm obsessed with her. She's amazing. Talks so soft, but mm-hmm. gets so much done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like the proof is in the pudding. Yeah, Very exactly. Casually. Notorious RBG, honey. You know, that reminds me of a quote I had to put down verbatim from season 10. Uh-huh. And it's about expression of feelings. And you said, tears do not express ugliness. They express beauty and strength. People that show their vulnerability are showing strength, not weakness, which I couldn't agree with more. Yeah. And I think that's something that people forget sometimes. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. We live in a society where um, it's all about being happy and strong. And we live in a social media society where it's like, oh, my God, look at all the amazing things that I'm doing, <laughs> even though I'm actually unhappy at home yeah. and uncomfortable. Yeah. But I'm I'm making this fake life. So people think that I'm happy. So people think that's what you have yeah. to be. Right. Um, and they forget that. No, sometimes today's a shitty day. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's, and that's okay. Right. Yeah, exactly. I want to post a picture where I'm like, oh my God, look at this giant unicorn zit on my <laughs> fucking forehead. That's what I want to see. Yeah. Give me some real yeah. content, people. Like my vacuum broke. Yeah. I, I mean, yes. look, at, look at my carpet. It's literally shit. I mean, it's awful. Like there's piss stains from my cat. I mean, just be real. Instead, you're like, oh, let me make sure I angle the photo where I get this one beautiful like picture frame that has a quote on it. And oh my yeah. God. Live, live love, your life love. to the fullest <laughs> and honest and you know but the other half of the house is a cluttered mess you know oh yeah behind the camera is a complete disaster doing a more positive spin i went to see elton john uh-huh. on mm-hmm. on stage recently Lucky. and uh <laughs> one of your you know more fabulous moments is like being in a, a film that he shows on tour like that yeah. must feel pretty great right are you kidding what song is it for and for, bitches bitches back. Back. Oh, yeah, it's amazing yeah. it's so cool well and we did very dynasty um-esque mm-hmm. oh this is theatrics. i heard about yeah. okay yeah. the it's dynasty fabulous. one i've dined right. to see it's this fabulous. yeah um it's it really is fabulous yeah. it's so funny it ends up in like a cat fight where we fall into the <laughs> pool and we're all in drag like weeping trying to get out of this pool water uh-huh. um i'm like biting Mar- at one point at mariah balenciaga's arm <laughs> like, <laughs> like during the cat fight and it's just a fun moment. I think it just shows like how exciting and how fun that drag has come into the culture that way. Not to lie, but I get a chubby just thinking that my face is behind Elton John. I love that Elton John yeah. loves the drag queens. <laughs> That's fabulous. Yeah. He always has. Did yeah. anyone see there was a video that surfaced recently of him and RuPaul doing like a little duo together where they're doing choreography and he's singing and she's singing. Is it Dunko Breaking My Heart? Uh, yeah, yes. it just yeah, resurfaced yeah. recently. Yeah, um, I love, that. I love when fab. stuff like that resurfaces. So he's, yeah. he was also like big friends with Divine back in the day, and yeah, Divine yeah. went on stage with him mm-hmm. on like you know on tour and things. Like yeah. he's he's an amazing person. Crazy. Oh, I want to meet him so desperately. Somehow he was the first celebrity I I had ever ran into. Really? How did that happen? Because I'm a painter, so I went to the Gagosian Gallery yeah. at the opening, and I don't. He's just. He just got such a nice little pleasant aura. He's so real, so think, so yeah. good. Just as good as he, you expect him to be. He's just yeah. that good, good human. Wow! Just by standing there, 
Rod has toured extensively as the opening act for Elton. Elton oh, selected him to go uh, yeah, on the road. And so I worked with Rod on one of those tours as well. So I got yeah. to be in the presence of uh, yeah, Sir Elton as well. Something's always um, bedazzled. He's mm-hmm. so Everything is shining and yeah, gorgeous. So and, but, <laughs> but hilarious, you know. And like yeah. the, the main takeaway for me, like I'm really good friends with him. And the, the most wonderful thing is seeing somebody who's done all that much and has faced all these things. It's just like the humor. I think humor is so important. And he's like still interested in like a new drag queen and like yeah. Yeah. who's doing these cool things like new visual artists a new painter a new piece of art a new charity all this kind of stuff like you can keep learning constantly and you can keep absorbing new culture yeah. like that's the thrill of life to isn't stay it? inspired too yeah i mean it obviously probably helps with his positive aura like he's keeping himself to. cleansed mm-hmm. and keeping the creative juices going mm-hmm. so you all worked with him on tour what did you do obviously you're the opening act yeah. and i was uh driving the van for rod and oh. uh, documenting yeah. as <laughs> oh, well really? yeah cool. she's a butch queen <laughs> come on butch queen <laughs> He said, I have a license. <laughs> Class D. Right. I, live. I won't drink tonight. I'll always try. Uh, I know. Yeah. Um, and then documented it. That's so cool. So you obviously do music. Yeah. Yes. Rod. Um, what type of music would you consider your it's like genre? electronic pop music. Really? So like you were saying, you're a big film fan. I'm a huge movie fan. So I, I wrote uh, my last album about my favorite dance sequences in movies. Like oh, Mannequin, really? Romy <sighs> Michelle's High School Reunion, oh, Flash yeah. Dance, Strictly Ballroom. When I was growing up, like in the equivalent of where you're from, like in the Welsh Valleys, nothing happened, you know? Uh So my escape was like these colorful worlds and like these crazy characters and like Kim Cattrall, Kim Cattrall, you know? Yeah, of course. Kim Cattrall, Kim Cattrall, yeah. Always Kim Cattrall. And you just see these like fabulous, like life-changing moments where people escape their like dullness and they have this amazing world and i'm like i want to make that world yeah you yeah know? and you have yeah and that's what i try you to do. do with my music it's that's just amazing like, have fun that's amazing and i think that is the thing like when you come from a smaller place like maybe that is why i got into tv and film so much it is that escape i also love that about tv and film mm-hmm. yeah it is um it's that hour and a half or you know who knows if binge watch a series for seven hours where you escape into this own little world you know and it's there forever and uh, to be able to be that magic for somebody because sometimes yeah. You know, when I'm having the shittiest day, I watch one of my favorite movies, you know, and just chill. And that's my time, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. or if I'm stressed out from work or whatever, you know, it's your it's your me time. Yeah. You don't have to go to the to the theater house, which I want theater to survive. Thank, please, God. Sure, you know, I yeah. pray every day that it does. It's a wonderful craft. Um, but, you know, sometimes it's easier to sit and watch your movie. <laughs> um, or watch your musicals on tape. Oh, yeah, know? certainly. Yeah. What are some of your favorite movies? Oh, mine? Oh, they're, they are all over the place. Well, so are ours, so we, we're dying to hear okay, it. Okay, okay. Um, well, I have to actually start my first... My number one is the weirdest selection, Center Stage. I don't know if you've ever seen it. I haven't seen it. I think I know. Yeah. Um, it's a ballet movie, randomly. Yeah. Somewhere in my heart, I thought I was going to grow up and be a ballet Stop dancer. Um, that did not happen. Uh-huh. Um, but... Yeah. Uh, so there's... Right, yes. exactly. Yes. exactly. Did not happen yet. Um, I love... The early Freddy Krueger movies. Oh, yeah. sure. The campiness. Oh, yeah. So camp. I don't like the first one. It's the mm. scary one. Oh, I love but that. I love That's such a, like a novel thing. No, Usually people rave about the first so one. scary. Yeah. Wait, do you like number two? Uh, I love number two, but I worship number three. Yes. It's, it's amazing. Dream Warriors. Dream Warriors it's so is, amazing. Yes, it's incredible. Because it's when he really got campier <laughs> yeah. than ever. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then I also loved 
as far as horror, Chucky. I love Chucky. Sure, but, yeah. Um, and then my other favorite movies. Oh, Ever After with Drew Barrymore <laughs> uh-huh. is like my favorite Cinderella rendition. Roger Hammerstein's Cinderella. I don't know why I like Cinderella so so much, but Roger Hammerstein's Cinderella I think is the most inspiring mm-hmm. um, of movies because just the casting was so diverse. Mm-hmm. You know, and it, to, it. I don't think it got the credit it deserved because of it. For whatever reason, if it would have came out now, people would have understood it. You okay, know? sure. I think it coming out 10 years ago people were like oh my god this is weird so like <laughs> the dad's white the mom's black the kid's chinese we're really confused yeah Is he adopted you know no that's his real child it's so i think that now it would be a great movie i, I wish more people watch it um uh, i have so many oh my god well how about favorite divine performances oh divine are you kidding oh yeah yeah polyester obviously yeah that's my favorite my as well yes yeah, female so trouble is number one don't try well <laughs> polyester is a funny one uh, but you know fair enough you're right female, yeah, yeah, yeah you're right i'll go number with you on this i'll go with one. you on this yeah. there is a dialogue i have to say because it it's my favorite moment and i use it in my life montage now it's at the towards the end of the movie she's making out with the girl in the jail cell yeah. um in female trouble and um the girl's like um don why don't you understand you're about to die you're literally about to be electrocuted to death this isn't a show anymore it's not a show and divine's just like darling when is the world gonna understand my entire life as a show (laughs) and i'm like same oh my god same Uh, and then of course the iconic moment she gets electrocuted to death and she's like i love every fucking one of you (laughs) i do love the abrupt ending yeah just Just dead can't really no no one credits nothing just done yeah and then polyester was cool Uh, yeah you know and um, well, a friend of mine said that he couldn't get into that movie as much because Divine's the victim. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it showed, to me, I was like, you know, Glenn is an artist. You know, yeah. he was, uh, you know, of course, I know everything about Glenn Mills said. Don't of course. Don't get me started. God knows mama's <laughs> name, too. Um, where he was born in Pittsburgh. Honey, I got you. Um, <laughs> but he was such an artist because outside of drag, what I loved about him, and it's kind of what I think I relate to, is he's actually kind of chill. He's very loving. He, you know, wants to just hang out with friends maybe has more insecurities outside of that that character um i think he was a very unhappy person outside of the character in uh-huh. a way um because he didn't really know how to discover himself but his drag was a way to like let that anger and confusion and he grew up in a different time we don't know myself um i'm 28 years old i don't know the struggles of a 40 person a 40 year old gay male or even a 35 year old gay male because i feel like just in the last five to seven years we've really yeah Yeah. it's Mm -hmm. made so much change in really the last five years Mm -hmm. versus what it was even before then sure yeah um so i'm i'm coming into an era where it's been a lot more accepted than it was so and his family disowned him, you know, until he became famous. And right. Then, so it, I just, I love the Divine character because all that anger and, you know, um, I just, I don't know. I love Divine. I can go on and on about her. Yeah, no, that's fine here. That's yeah. fine here. Yeah, also, yeah, you yeah. did a fabulous fine. Divine face on season 10. I was inspired by, uh, oh my God, I just went blank. Female oh, Trouble? By or? Female Trouble, yeah. Mm-hmm. Because in the opening, she's like the schoolgirl. Yeah. And then towards the end, she's like the, you know, crazy like criminal yeah star yeah crazy psycho whatever you know getting electrocuted to death um she's a bad guy basically yeah in the beginning she's kind of the victim she like randomly runs away she's being a bitch obviously to her family (laughs) um by like stopping her presence she's a crazy ass little little girl but you know who knows why um but then she like runs away from home and then randomly gets raped and like you know what i'm saying so like there's some victimizing moments 
that's what I was inspired by. Bro, so like she's being a bitch obviously is the coolest side side comment you can make. Yeah. <laughs> she's being a bitch. She, I mean, she was obviously being a bitch. I mean, her poor mama, she's like throwing the Christmas tree at her. Like, <laughs> I want to make fucking cha-cha heels. I'm like, okay, girl, calm down. A sympathetic character yes. is what we're saying. Yeah. Relatable. I mean, yeah, very yeah. relatable. Poor what a child. <laughs> All she wanted was her cha-cha heels. Are you a fan of Divine's work outside of the John Waters canon, the, like Lost in the Dust, etc.? Um, oh, I, I like Lost in the Dust, but it doesn't do it for me as much you know yeah. there's something about the dynamic between uh john waters and the mm. divine that was just unparalleled to any of her mm. other work even her role um in the was it not matlock what was the uh, there was a she played a male role trouble for, in mind maybe it was a it was a lawyer lawyer okay. type sure right before she passed she oh, made okay. it to mainstream tv right i forget the name of the show off the top of my head please forgive me no it's okay um, i can't remember either but it was right before she passed you know and that was always her dream was to um make it on primetime television as glenn as glenn was going to be the new next door neighbor on married with children right and passed i think the day before shooting or something mm-hmm. in his hotel room in beverly hills on the third floor uh, girl, <laughs> i'm a creepy dog okay no i love it uh, i love it with yeah. the script setting neatly beside a bowl of buffalo wings barbecue style um, <laughs> laid neatly on the couch like they say the the stories all say that he was laying so perfectly like he knew it was going to happen oh, okay you know yeah um i think he died of a heart attack yeah i think so yeah, yeah. it was like respiratory issues yeah very with, like he, yeah. well a lot of weed smoking right oh un- baby. Un- yeah <laughs> she, she lagon jod honey a strong jod honey uh, she smoked maybe i loved her because she was a, a weed addict too <laughs> i mean i don't Do you like it. the weed i i like i dabble yeah i mean we live in la we're in california if you don't if you don't at least hit the weed honey you're rude <laughs> like, <laughs> just very inclusive you. yeah exactly um i do dapple but you know i i try not to do it during the day because i get real lazy <laughs> or um or if i do an upper type of weed i get like real paranoid and like think too much yeah that's a lot of fun I, you know i, I don't I, need I, any help with that <laughs> <laughs> hey craig it's uh, karen from finance here i just wanted to give you a quick call and say Thank you so much for having me over yesterday. I had a really great time at your place, and thank you so much for the beers. I um, I just had a, a quick question for you, and I really hope you don't mind me asking. I guess it is a little bit awkward, but I, are you gay? Anyway, it's like it's no big deal. I just thought, uh, I just find it, it's always nice to know, you know? Anyway, um, give me a call back. Hope to chat to you soon. Bye. I just want to talk a little bit about, again, the season nine and season 10. Yeah, yeah. Because not a lot of people get the chance to go back. I mean, there's all stars, but that's a totally different, different situation. Yeah. What was the journey of going back there? Because you went through so much with being injured and then also being out of commission for a while. Mm-hmm. So you couldn't work really. My work was very limited um, in between, but I had to work anyway. So I was like doing shows on crutches, you know, hosting pageants, uh, whatever I could locally. Um, <laughs> whatever I could locally. That's Annalise's uh, alarm that I, I'm asking adult questions. So that's, yeah. uh, she's trying to say, like, okay, we're done. <laughs> bye. Have a child. Um, yeah, you do have a baby. Um, so it was really. Um, it was, it was difficult. You know, you work what you could. I think people had this idea that, oh, well, Eureka is like traveling all over the world and making all this crazy money. Um, and she's got a disadvantage by coming back because of it. But they were wrong. You know, I got to work for a few months after the season was aired as far as like making money. Yeah. Um, and it was very limited. I was in such horrible debt because I was hardly working because of my inner injury. Sure. I also helped take care of my, fam- my family. Um, I also was like trying to juggle all that. 
and uh, my mother had been diagnosed with cancer. Right. Um, so when I came back to season 10, when I left, my mom was in a really, really bad state um, with her cancer right before chemo. And she wasn't talking or anything. So it was just an intense um, situation to leave. But she literally was like, no, you have to go. You yeah. Know? You've been working so hard on this. So, you know, coming back was a very emotional at first. Because then I also had a little P- PTSD at first because I was so paranoid. Like I might break something again yeah. or hurt my knee again. Sure. Yeah. And I didn't realize till like the second episode we start performing on the stage, you know, my knee was getting sore, which it naturally did when I walked too much still mm-hmm. because I'm going to always have problems with that knee for the rest yeah. of my life my doctor told me that mm-hmm. you know you're gonna have arthritis in it because you have scar tissue yeah so that's going to happen sure um so i got paranoid and then so all that and then the emotions of family not knowing how my mom was doing yeah and, uh I, the, it was really hard at first you know but i'll i'll never forget i had to lip sync against calorie which i was over because i didn't want to send the, the other big girl home i was yeah. pissed you know i'm very pro big girl big because the bitches is gagging um <laughs> but uh but after that lip sync it was like the most intense moment but i needed it to snap me back into reality yeah. and be like no you know you're not a victim your mom is the victim first of all so stop using it as a crutch um two uh stop being a whiny ass baby and trying to play the victim like oh poor me i'm back here and i had all this happen to me and now i can't do it <laughs> so it really kicked my ass into gear and i remember going backstage to the girls because they hold us while they take the uh other girl through the untucked to like get their stuff oh, and sure. say their bias. so we can't see them again at that point you don't see the girl that got sent home ever until like after the show yeah so they hold us back there and I just came down those stairs honey and I said I love all y'all I said but Eureka's a brand new person today I'm never doing that again that was the scariest <laughs> shit of my life honey and that's when you know the com- the competitive Eureka really kicked in and I, yeah. I showed up so there was difficulties but you know and I think I also had a little difficulty with some of the girls because I was the returning queen mm-hmm. sure you know, I mean Vixen um, says something about that oh, like yeah, having an attitude about you because of season 9 yeah, yeah yeah well you know and she had a, an opinion about me from what she saw on TV sure and that's the same thing with the fans I like to mention too is they always have opinion on the girls or who they are as people yeah. because what you see on TV but even though it's reality TV it's circumstances that you're under it's certain pressures it's also a drag is personalities yes and yeah. It is DV yes. and cunty, and we do like <laughs> yeah. pick at each other, and we and do fight, and we argue. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, that that's what makes drag fun. Yeah, you know? that's why people watch it. They don't want a, <laughs> they don't want a nice, pleasant season where everyone's like, "Oh, did you do your costume? Oh, it looks." That was job. season nine. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? They they literally called season nine the kumbaya season because everyone was so sweet, and it was weird because like the small moments that were negative, that's what made it look even more negative than what it really was. Oh, sure. Yeah. You know? Oh well. Are you trying to come for me? What? <laughs> Don't joke about that. Um, <laughs> why you got to take everything straight to negativity? Uh, <laughs> Don't say negativity. Please. Oh, God. Say, call Difference that negative. Of yeah. Right. You call it negative, now you're casting this in a whole life. <laughs> <laughs> oh, girl. We're chatting. Huh? Were, were you like a big fan of the franchise before you? You... Oh my god, I'm obsessed. It's my favorite TV show okay. ever. Yeah. yeah. Who are watched... some of your favorite queens? <clears throat> oh, from the show Bob the Drag Queen, mm-hmm. Latrice Royale, mm-hmm. Manila Luzon, Sharon Needles. Um, I liked uh, 
Roxy Andrews, both of her seasons. Yeah. Uh, Jinx Monsoon was smart. Ben DeLacram. Uh, so many of them. So many good um, ones. Nina Flowers. Tammy Brown's my all-time favorite because she's such a nut. <laughs> um, B.B. Zahara Bonet. I mean, I, I can name so many that I love from the show, honestly. Yeah. And then, like, even uh, season nine and ten, Sasha Valor is an artist, you mm-hmm. know, that is, like, literally you can't hold a candle to that art. Mm-hmm. Um, Peppermint is such a beautiful trans ally. You know, season ten, we've got Asia, who's, like, the epitome of, like, what uh pageant drag is sure you know and even aquaria has grown on me you know i mean at first i thought it was like a skin tag that might turn into cancer but (laughs) it actually you know turned into a beautiful birthmark that's the shape of a heart and um you know i fell in love with her too and she's doing great things i think she's helping like the young kids see the beauty in their drag um, that it doesn't have to be thing you know like we forget i with things like gaga's born this way that didn't speak to me because i was like an older i'm like 36 so like a couple of years like into the more like confident side of being a gay man right but i then i had to remember that like the kids in like you know the equivalent of my valley for them that's like their affirmation that they're going to be okay and i guess like she's doing that the younger outreach which is is a huge thing and there's also things that you know as far as like the show people don't get to see the things that happen off the show that Mm -hmm. make these people the beautiful humans they are yeah one i'll say i was on tour and we were at um, Halloween Horror Nights at Universal. We went. There was a ride I wanted to ride desperately, the Gringotts Bank ride uh, in the Hogwartville or whatever. Uh-huh. And um, I couldn't fit on it. Uh, so, I, you know, I got off. I went to the kitty room, whatever, uh, waited for them to get done. Well, the next ride, they were like, no, Eureka, you'll be fine. You'll fit on it. So I, I get on the ride. I couldn't fit on that one either. Um, and the clerk guy was like making this weird big deal about it. Like, well, you have to go, like being hateful. And um, Aquaria got up and got off the ride with me and oh, sat with me. That's you know? great. Yeah. And that's like those little moments where you're like, that's where the sisterhood comes in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They got to rewrite it a couple of times because the lines wasn't busy and we were getting uh, the VIP treatment for sure. Yeah. Um, and she was like, no, I'm good. Me and Eureka are talking. We're having fun, you know? And then they did it like a third time and I was like, please go write it. It'll make me feel better that you do. You know? Yeah. So she did finally get to write it. You know, and then there's also like Asia, you know, people kind of got a bitchy esque kind of vibe from her, but she'll be the one. She's very motherly. She's the one that's like, if you're standing too close to the edge of the stage where she's like literally freaking out, grabbing Mm -hmm. you, you know? Sure. Well, Um, she seemed to be very protective and helpful of every uh, towards everyone, uh, even being able to sort of break through to the vixen. There were moments with the vixen, too. I think people focus so much on the negative, but they forgot to to remember that when um, Blair St. Clair broke down about her. mishappenings at a college party sure. the vixen was the first one to hug her and yeah. be like i'll beat that motherfucker's ass you know what i'm saying yeah. Yeah, yeah those are like the real people on the human side yeah you know and ultimately her message was for a better for the greater good of um you know the lgbt and for oh, equality yeah you know but she had a she had a really weird way of expressing it and she did not like me clearly so it just shows, you know, like the the human side to these people. Like Alexis Michelle, I think she got a bad rap for season nine over the silliest stuff because she got mad over Farah doing um, the you have more back rolls than a, a Pillsbury Dough Bakery <laughs> or whatever. And she got upset and had her feelings hurt. And people automatically like just treated her like she was being such a bitch. And I'm yeah. like, girl, leave that child alone. We're supposed to be supporting equality and positivity. And just because she's showing an insecure moment, like don't tear down for it. So I think she's underrated but she's like literally one of the kindest will give you the shirt off her back people fifi o'hara is also one of those people Mm -hmm. like i think sometimes the biggest villains we think are villains are actually like the nicest people i meet weirdly (laughs) 
And maybe I think there's truth when it comes to your enemies make you who you are, Mm -hmm. you know, and maybe those experiences that she went through and saw like the villainy that she came across made her work even harder for the positive side of herself. Sure. Because I know it Mm -hmm. did me for season nine when I had those moments um, with people where I argued and even the fight with the vixen um, on season 10. I was so ashamed of that. Were you? you know? okay. Yeah, especially watching it. You yeah. know, I I liked. I went defensive. I want to stick up for myself. Like you ain't gonna come for me. You ain't gonna treat me any different because I've been fighting that my whole life. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I was very upset with myself for reacting the way I did and taking it. You know, screaming back like that. Like, I'm more grown than that. You know. Sure. But that's also what made the fight more intense because I'm like <laughs> embarrassed and pissed off at myself. So now I'm like yelling even more. But then you can't stop, right? Because you, no, sure. The, you you're so angry at yourself that you're even more angry, oh, yeah. and then you keep going because like, then you're trying all... to figure out how to explain why you're right yeah and then <laughs> yeah, this is boiling like, i'm not right, right. where Emotion. do i go what do i <laughs> and the biggest mistake i made in that fight is when i was leaving to go to and to uh outside to smoke mm-hmm. uh which i've quit smoking bt dub oh congratulations um, yeah, that's great regulation. i'm still vaping to get my little nick fix which is a lot better for my body oh I, i'm i'm constantly yeah but it's also very very instagram friendly you know yeah, very yeah. cool <laughs> thank so. god thank god yeah, vaping thank god. is cool um it's like being a vegetarian so i'm actually now also vegetarian oh um, congratulations no i'm not no, uh, <laughs> <laughs> a car and never just for instagram yeah. right but when i was going outside um you know i was so embarrassed by this is what people don't understand they thought that i intentionally started a fight with the vix and that wasn't the case you know i was trying to defend myself to mayhem as we're walking outside and there's a line that was used against me for so long in that argument and it's when i said um well i was testing her i knew she was gonna sure. react like that yeah but that was me trying to make excuses for my behavior right mm-hmm. like oh well this is why i acted that way oh this is premeditated you know? I didn't just right, lose right. control. But the yeah. truth is, is no, bitch, you lost control and you was a messy hoe <laughs> and she was a messy hoe back and then y'all started click clacking and whatever. Yeah. It made for great TV. Sure. Um, yeah. But, you know, it was a moment where you both lost your nerve and it wasn't cute. So that's what it should have been, mm-hmm. you know. But um, so it's just... It's TV, you know? Yeah. And people are, it's, it's people's perceptions. <laughs> yeah. Too, yeah. You know, um, so I, that's an interesting part. I've actually never told anyone that. Oh, and well, admitted it, what? I guess. So, yeah. congratulations. Thank you very um, much. It's a very special day on Whimsically Volatile. What you hope yeah. is that like, people can watch something like that and be like, oh, God, I've done that as well. I need to remember like next time to just like keep my cool. Yeah, or, sure. You know, like, it's important to see these moments on TV so that people can see what their own behavior looks like to other people. Right. Because right? yeah. like, we don't get to see that. Right. We all have arguments like that. It's just not on TV. If oh, some sure. of my arguments with friends were like on TV, you'd be like, <gasps> you'd be like, wow, he's a horrible person. I feel like it's almost like a, a roommate too situation for a while and, um, you, and you're in an argument and we all want to win. So it's mm-hmm. like, absolutely, I got to win this one and look like a fool, but whatever. I got the yeah. last word. You need to win because it has to confirm that you're right. Mm-hmm. Right. Because otherwise you feel foolish. Yeah. You're wrong and you acted a fool and now you're even more embarrassed because you <laughs> yeah. look like a crazy person. In front of everyone. Right. In front, front of, of international front of television. Of my <laughs> 10 roommates. Right. And my, literally my 10 roommates on the show. <laughs> and then you're trying to explain to one roommate like, oh girl, I know she was going to act like that. So I wanted to test girl. Yeah. I wanted to test her. And I think honestly, even to this day, that's the thing that for whatever reason, the Vixen has in her mind mm. that i did contrive that argument with her right that was not the case and there was also other footage that well not footage but there were other things happening in that moment yes i wanted to be involved in the conversation did i deserve to be snubbed off because i wasn't one of like those girls i guess that's what i've heard explanation of no i did not deserve to be snubbed off 
uh, Blair didn't deserve to be snubbed off. Like it was, we wanted an inclusive conversation. There were other people getting cut off too. And it just happened to be that y'all saw the clip where I said, I'm tired of hearing y'all talk. I'm going to go smoke a cigarette. Yeah. And that's exactly how the fuck I felt. Mm, I was tired of hearing them talk. I'm going to go smoke my cigarette. And I was actually not talking to them. I was talking to the people behind the camera. Oh, okay. I'm like, so y'all don't tell me I'm not going to smoke because it's my time to go smoke. (laughs) Uh, Because, you know, they have to monitor that too because they need content. Oh, sure. Yeah. You know, unless you have someone that can go out with you to smoke, you know, to film out there and then the cameras have to go out there with you. Like, it's a show. So sometimes they'll be like, okay, wait five minutes, you know, wait 10 minutes. But at that point, I was just like, I'm going to smoke, y'all. Sorry. So luckily Mayhem came, you know, and we got to talk. And of course it's, and it gets on camera. Of course you're gabbing with your sister, like trying to over explain why you reacted that way. Well, when, yeah. Like you do to anyone on the yeah, phone or whatever, of but course. it happens to be preserved for forever. Because you're telling that person on the phone, your version of the story. So you don't look bad. Yes. And also know? so you can feel better about it. Yeah. You're expl- you're uh, over explaining and excusing it. Yeah. You know, when those actions aren't really excusable, but at the same time, we all have those moments. We you all know? do. Yeah. Yeah. I have friends who are on the show Vanderpump Rules, and oh, wow, sometimes yeah. I wonder if they actually get an added benefit from sometimes having to relive those incredibly hostile moments oh, with each God. other. First, when they film it, then when they see it aired, and then they have to go through the reunion. It's actually an interesting yeah. thing that a lot of people mm-hmm. don't get to do to revisit a fight with someone else. Right. I wonder if it brings them further clarity or if it just brings the negativity back. It's a big mirror, right? right. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's something that most people don't get to have mm-hmm. happened not that it's fun right but. right i think that's another reason why the vixen left the reunion okay you know, i think she knew that it was just going to be a hey let's pick at everything that you did and honestly like weirdly it, 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 even though i was kind of uh, the negative party for that moment um because it was like oh well you're telling me how i need to act but nobody's telling eureka how she should act sure well girl she already told me how i should act and that i shouldn't have been too much and i said yes ma'am you know what i mean you're making an argument but at the same time i kind of agreed because it's like why don't we talk about can, is there is it possible to talk about maybe a good thing that she did on the show oh yeah you sure. know i wouldn't yeah. want to be that person that's being basically grilled like okay so you said you came to fight now let's talk about all the fights and all the negativity that you brought to the <laughs> yeah, show and yeah. why and blah 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 and everyone did have a problem with you that and kind how of stuff everyone yeah. hated you and everyone th- uh, threw you under the bus when it was time to send someone home that's not something you want to relive at that moment because the show puts you through emotional damage. Also, the online responses, I'm sure. It's really not the show as much as it is the online response that gives, yeah. gives the, the emotional damage, for sure. People are truly delusional and brutal online. Yeah. You know, like Twitter is like such a scary place sometimes because people people can hide between behind like you know an avatar and they can oh, go sure. like absolutely crazy mm-hmm. yeah people, savage people go yeah deep some people are really bored some people have <laughs> nothing to do literally nothing yeah. to do <laughs> and i think it's um the that's what you have to learn and it takes time you know, after season nine, I was the victim because I got hurt. Sure. So even though at first people were like, oh, my God, Eureka's too much. I can't believe she said that to Valentina or, you know, um, the don't joke about that moment, you know, making the eating disorder joke. Sure. Um, stuff like that. Those moments that I had happen. Um, at the end of the day, I ended up injuring myself and getting sent home for injury. So then I was the victim, you know. So then it was like hard for people to like really hate on the poor, like little girl that broke her leg and yeah. had to leave the show. And so um, I got kind of saved. Even though I had my haters, don't get me wrong. There'll always be some. That's yeah, the great always. thing, right? Yeah, yeah. Always, you can always rely on them. Of course. So I didn't really get to experience it because also I went home fourth. So people like kind of were like more worried about the current season and was like, oh, well, we'll see her again next year. 
you know, because that's what they had in their head. Yeah. So I kind of like slid under the radar a little bit for season nine. I sure. think yeah. when it came to the like real huge like fl- um, lashback from the fans and stuff. Yeah. But season ten, making it to the end, I mean, you are the direct, you know, people. And they always mm-hmm. have to ha- have somebody to hate on or like, you know, or dislike out of the top four or three or whatever. There's always got to be somebody for them because yeah. they love it. We love drama as humans. You know, we love confrontation sure. weirdly. We like to have things to talk about. Well, certainly, you know, yeah. and it's easier to talk. Like, it's more fun to talk about. Oh, my God. Did you hear how they were fighting? Girl, she was going in and blah, blah, blah. Instead of sitting here talking about, oh, my God, did you see how beautiful her roses are? Yeah, no, no, you know certainly I mean? not. Right. Yeah. She grew them herself. Can you believe that? <laughs> Uh, you know yeah, the patience yeah, no. you still were serving it in season nine though so they oh i was serving it. in season nine yeah, yeah of course so i would have I mean, served same, the whole season next, i was too but ready it was just like brand new fresh serve yeah <laughs> thank you i was feeling it i mean i was ready season nine i felt oh. but for whatever reason god's path or and or my divine path was definitely designed differently the divine though like that. actual the, the oh divine. yeah the divine yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, piss yellow hair yeah don't uh, cannibalism <laughs> kill everyone fresh um, blood i love a... the taste of it hot <laughs> freshly killed blood do you enjoy john candy's divine <laughs> oh my god i love john candy in general yeah oh, same john here candy. in I general can't get enough of john candy and SCTV. Yeah, yeah my my literal um growing up i had a few like female icons but most of mine were like male comedian icons like chris farley yeah john candy john goodman oh yeah um these are the people i wanted to be chris farley honestly uh-huh like when i tell you i had a little like funeral ceremony in my room when he died wow. like i was so little obsessed i wanted to be him so bad mm-hmm. um so that's where a lot of my comedy comes from really it's, so you're a big fan of sketch comedy then too i love sketch comedy um, and I love physical comedy, yeah. you know, and that's what was so magical about Chris Farley. And then John Candy is his comedy is so lovable. You know what I mean? That's true. Yeah. There is something very sweet. Like for instance, mm-hmm. Uncle Buck would not be the same film with another actor. Oh no. God. No. No. Are you kidding? No. So, or planes, trains and automobiles. Oh my God. You, don't even get me started about planes, so trains amazing. and automobiles. That is really what an incredible movie. And one of the few Thanksgiving yeah. films. It's really? so, so good. Yeah. Um, and, you know, of course, Steve Martin's great, but I didn't yeah. care about him. <laughs> Not in that movie. I, I mean, he's great, though. Steve Martin's done. also a genius. <laughs> right. Well, listen, I'm, I'm glad you all had that thing to say. I'm done for the evening. <laughs> <laughs> Have a good night. Okay? Oh, I, I don't care for him. <laughs> oh, my God, you jerk. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bring it down the house. Yeah. Okay, girl. I gotta, um, <laughs> for the current kids. Yeah, you right, know, right, for right. the youngest. Want to bring everyone in. The right, okay. You don't want to leave anyone out. Yeah. <laughs> I live. I live. Any favorite John Candy films, specifically besides maybe um, Planes, Trains? Oh, yeah. Oh my God, John Candy, John Candy, John Candy. Oh, nothing but trouble. Oh my God. Yes, nothing Is but trouble. Brian's obsessed with that too. Number. One John Candy movie. First of all, it's the worst movie in the world. Yes, it is. But yes. it is the most hilarious, ridiculous, awful movie. It's like randomly Demi, Demi Moore's in it and, and Chevy Chase and, yeah, and uh, Dan Aykroyd. Digital Underground. And Digital Underground. And, and Dan yes. Aykroyd directed it. Yeah. And play. Oh, yeah, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Yeah, no, yeah. he directed it and uh, he played, played it. Oh, the, yeah, the restroom's right behind the sound curtain there. Oh, yeah. Annalise is going to pee, everyone. <laughs> oh, she, was, she was being so discreet as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. We had to help well, we her. Had with to that. Tell yeah. her yeah. We had to tell yeah. on her. Yeah. She's probably going to poop. 
We'll check oh, the recorder no. later. Right. No. <laughs> the air fresheners on the third shelf. No, <laughs> no, when Courtney was here, Courtney actually took the portable recorder in, narrated Courtney's uh, urination journey, oh, and then wow. we were able to insert it into the show, which is nice. Wow. Didn't have a mic cable long enough to go in at the time. Yeah, um, we have since changed that. Oh, <laughs> you're like just in case. That's well, right. I do feel a poop coming on um, <laughs> from the vodka last night, okay. <laughs> and you know that'll be interesting. <laughs> what were you up to last night? Oh, last night I did a, a friend of mine from uh, Atlanta. His name's Brandon McDaniel, Couture Chaos. He does hair. He's yeah. one of my uh, leading hair designers. Uh, beside in, beside I- Integration and Wigs and Grace, you know I got to mention the other ones too or else mm-hmm. they're gonna be like oh really yeah <laughs> um so those are my main hair designers but he was in town he had just flew in from uh china and he stayed the night with me I had one night and i was like you know what we're gonna do it's monday night we're gonna do the bar hop down santa monica yeah we started at trunks went to flaming saddles sang a song on karaoke right, went and saw perfect. the show at showgirls yeah then ended up at the after party at um foo bar oh yeah uh, he had yeah. already been to the abbey so we didn't swing in there but we love you too abbey so then we ended up at foo bar girl i was so wasted. And Ray Latre's uh, um, hosting. Well, she that wasn't night, right? there. Oh, she actually. wasn't. Okay, no, she's still in Miami night. or something. I think so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But like six and like JoJo was hosting. I think. Okay. Yeah. What is is that? Who says last name? The twerky twerk twerk, Mister Twerk Twerk. You know what I'm talking about. Um, it was fun. I ended up, girl, I was so, <laughs> Mama, it's a lot. I was it's so a lot. drunk. No, I was so drunk. <laughs> and then I didn't even remember getting on the microphone and apparently hosting at some point myself and taking the kids to church and all this mess. Uh, I was talking to six this morning, honey, and she was like, I said, girl, what happened at food bar last night? Because I saw, I've been tagged in a few videos. Um, and she was like, oh, girl, she said, you grabbed the microphone and started taking the kids to church, honey, started talking about your trade the night before <laughs> she said you was letting them have it but you was hilarious she said but girl mama you was drunk she well but the drunk. spirit takes you you know the yeah, spirit takes you and you have to let it take you but That's apparently all. i came out of foobar and i was on the street just like oh my god i fucking love foobar i had such a good time at foobar tonight and i don't remember that part and i still call her a liar that's, that's, that what, what song did you do at karaoke? Um, oh, I did Poor Unfortunate Souls just oh, for fabulous, fun. Oh, fabulous, of course. Because one of the bartenders like dresses up as Ariel. Mm-hmm. Um, but oh, then wow. I, where I have a broken ankle, I was like standing on the edge of the little platform stage thing they have, and it flipped over. I like almost twisted my ankle, so like halfway through the song, I was like, cut it. <laughs> Sorry, that can't <laughs> no, perform man. under these conditions. God's this telling is... me I'm doing the most. Yeah. No. <laughs> uh, and they literally just let it keep playing, and I was like, I'm not doing this anymore. It was the most, because I was like, I can't, girl. That's God saying, calm down on this ankle. So I was like, I'm going to take it easy. Okay. I'd already had a couple shots. You did right. a three-bar hop in one night. A four-bar hop. Oh, wow. Yeah. Fuba. Well, <laughs> That's like four and a half <laughs> yeah. there. Yeah. A yeah. four-bar fuba. <laughs> That's hilarious. Okay. <laughs> I love how in America, people go... That's hilarious. And you're like, I've just said the least funny thing a human being has ever said. Oh, yeah. That is hilarious. <laughs> That's so That's funny, It was Rod. such a culture shock moving to this country. And people are like, that is so funny. Oh, tell me like, more. Yeah. <gasps> it's kind of like relearning how to speak English, you know, because like everything is wow. just so different. People are like, oh, have a nice day. Yes, that is absolutely amazing. And you're like, oh, my God. What? what? <laughs> what? It's like text to speech. Yeah. Sometimes. Right. It's, it's slightly yeah. robotic. It's like, yeah, because yeah, the emotion isn't like, you know, like. Oh, British people just like they just want to, to make you know that everything is like as it is. They'd be like, 
they're not often as enthusiastic or as complimentary yeah. but when you're like that is hilarious <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> like, no I, I you're right even traveling there i've noticed they're not like they're very direct mm-hmm. they do they, they'll joke a lot mm-hmm. they love to joke yeah and be catty and um you know kind of pick mm-hmm. but they not don't, this one though they this don't one. apologize mm-hmm. they don't say i'm sorry <laughs> as much as americans do i feel mm-hmm. and they definitely don't like um I don't know. They are very direct. It's not like a funny thing. It's just like it doesn't sound funny. Yeah. If you did something hilarious, people would just laugh, yeah. not go, "Oh, that is yeah, hilarious." Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? Then you're like, right. not talk about it's just it. such an, yeah. uh, an unusual reaction. You're like, they is don't there a need. Camera I feel like <laughs> Americans have been raised to need validation constantly, right? Uh-huh. And I think we speak in a form of validating each other, potentially. Yeah. Weirdly, yeah. but it's cool. Like it's you know, you th- I think in a very different way in in America, and it's a yeah. nice nice challenge. To the I took that real deep. I don't know what to think. <laughs> Analyzing the whole world. That's fine. Like, Slice away. That's what yeah. we do. That's it's what we very do. that yeah. though. I think yeah. I think we do live in Americans, and like because it's the land of the free, and we have the option to like literally um question everything. But we also like all, you know, people, minorities, um, you know, sizes, uh, shapes, uh, cultured. We all want validation from this country. So I think we're just raised to mm-hmm. like constantly be pushing validation on people and the people around us weirdly. I have a question for you on that. But the first question is, we do a thing called Movie Club for Patreon. Okay. And would love to have you come back for the Movie Club for Nothing But Trouble. I would love that. That would be great. So we'll talk about that more in the future. But so we'll what definitely is that? Do that. What would so do, what for do Movie do? Club, what we do is we basically all watch, rewatch the movie. And okay. then um, we have the listeners from, from Patreon send in comments and questions related to it. We have them watch yeah. it as well. And then we do just a full like movie review. We talk about our favorite parts, the parts that are the stupidest, oh, yeah. play clips from it, and then... You know, sometimes oh. they go on longer than the film. Yeah, so, I'm yeah. sure. Yeah, Rod's going to be doing one on Romeo and Michelle's high school reunion. Oh my god, I love that movie. Too, Which is actually. my favorite movie. I can't say my favorite movie because I have so many. Yuri it is one the, of my favorites. The biggest movie buff I've ever. I am a movie buff. Well, ever. you noted the posters when you walked in. Yeah. Yeah. I, was, yeah. I was so yeah, excited same. to yeah. get into. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, I I just want, now I want to tell you more movies I like. Do it. That's yeah, what we like. Yeah. Romeo and, uh, Romeo and Michelle's High School Reunion is cute, of course, obviously, but I also love Jawbreaker. I oh also yeah. Love, uh, she Devil. Oh, Rose She Devil is yeah. yeah. Oh my god, I made her watch it recently. She oh, gagged. Oh, I loved it. That I was uh, zoomed mole. in. It oh, takes the mole should have won a, an yeah. Oscar. It takes a lot to get her to watch an entire movie, so it, I was really, really shocked. What What is it with films? Do so you just have a high bar for um, them? or? You know, I think... I might be a little bit of a critic. It, I, I, if it's not, you like, are. If oh, it's yeah. not, if it's not the best, or I zoomed in, or if I notice people are yawning or something, then obviously the movie's boring. Uh huh. My heart and soul is Mary Poppins, and I think I'm kind of a little bit like her. Like, okay, I, yeah. I like to make everything fun, but I'm still a little bit stern. Yeah. <laughs> and, You're critical for sure. Yeah, but I mean, I, I like the good ones. I well, zoom in on them. Sure. Well, oh, what yeah. about- Some people have more good ones than others. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I like have one or two, like Mary Poppins. Mm-hmm. Grease got me. Oh, oh yeah. Grease, sure. Do you like Grease too? I, Grease too is my favorite. Don't even try it. I like it better. Uh, that's why I'm trying to bring it into the discussion. I, so. I, <laughs> I think it's better than the first one. I don't remember. No one it. agrees. Oh my God, no. If I remember it, it's good. If I don't remember it, then it's not obviously not that cool great. <laughs> I'm really here for your, your line. It's like, if I don't remember, it's not great. I, yeah. I remember more yeah. songs from that movie than the first one. He came out of the darkness in the middle of the night. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, I certainly do. I have the oh, vinyl yeah. right over Who's there. Who's that yeah. guy? Where did he come from? 
<laughs> love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Have you seen um, Drop Dead Gorgeous? Do you oh, remember I love Drop Dead Gorgeous. That's one of my favorite. I've watched that three times Wyoming. this year. Wyoming. W-Y-O. <laughs> it's so amazing. It is so good. With like Kirsten Nance. Shut there you up. go. I know. I love Grease too. Oh, and you know what? Also, you just made me think of. Um, I love Freeway. Oh the yeah, Freeway Spoon. Yeah. I can't believe you have the vinyl for Grease too. I'm so gagged. Oh yeah, it's fabulous, right? Oh my yes. god, I love it. <laughs> now I'm over here just like <laughs> I'm a girl for all seasons. And, oh my god, I know every single one. I even remember the first place I saw Grease. It left such an impression. Wow, where was it? I was probably it was when that like Bewitch song came out. So whatever oh, wow. year that was, like '99 oh. or something like that. Yeah. Oh, they did like an anniversary reedition in the cinema. Right? Yes, they did. Yeah. They did. I went as well. Yeah. yeah. My parents were hanging out, and I was uh, downstairs watching a movie, and I, I just, that's it. My whole life was remade from that moment. Yeah. Uh-huh. I, I mean, I do love Grease. It's a good movie. It is. But Grease uh, 2 is just so underrated, Mary I Poppins think. Mary number one. So you're well, a big musicals fan then. But I mean, everyone yeah, seems to be apparently. here. But yeah, Maybe. Uh, the musicals always got me. I, and the costumes. Yeah. And, oh, sure. Yeah. Oh, random costume movie that I love is Mirror Mirror with Julia Roberts. Oh, I haven't seen that. Oh, my God. It's a random Disney movie. I, they released it when they released Snow White and the Huntsman. Oh, okay. I think so that like, because you know, all the kids were like, oh, my God, I want to go see Snow White. Yeah. Um, but the parents are like, no, probably not that one. <laughs> yeah. Um, so they, they released Mirror Mirror at the same time. I think Disney did just to like yeah. kind of mirror. But the costumes are insanely incredible. You would love it just yeah. for the costuming. It's uh, 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 uh. oh, <laughs> Stage Beauty is one of my. That might be my number one favorite movie. Oh you really? Know movie no, is? I've heard of it, but I don't know much about it. It's a movie about like the you know the. I think it's the 18th century, like when men would play women on stage only. So it's mm-hmm. about the era where King Henry the Seventh yeah. uh, actually outlawed men playing women on stage uh-huh. because his mistress went to an audition and one of the stars in that um, in the village or whatever the hell they were then he refused her and okay. the, um and so of course she goes to the king and you know so he outlaws it and it's just a story about where drag kind of comes from how mm-hmm. how it became like a comedic place because the only place this guy could find work to, it, the story of the of the movie ultimately ends with him being in a bar doing comedy stuff like with a bunch of drunk hecklers and all that so it's an interesting like true story of how drag started because that's literally where drag began Uh um and it was then it was drag it was dressing um dressing like a girl yeah uh is what it referred um so it's an interesting movie very interesting so you seem to have a fondness for history as well the history of drag and the history of a lot of things I love a good documentary. I like uh, Googling stuff. Um, I like things explained. You know, I do love history. She likes to read. She's got the degree. Yeah. yeah. She <laughs> got a degree. You forget about it. Mary Queen of Scots is my favorite character in the entire world. What a diva. Like, Queen Elizabeth was a cunt. I have nothing for her. <laughs> I haven't seen um, that film, Queen Elizabeth is a cunt. I'm going to have to check that out. Yeah, you. they need to make that one. And I want to <laughs> I would, slash dark I would slash definitely ride. go and see that. Yeah. <laughs> the stage show. Oh, they certainly. Show, yeah. good. They need to show her crazy ass side of that Catchy story. Name for sure. Yeah, like yeah definitely. You so, remember it. Yeah. She was so bitter jealous of Mary Queen of Scots mm, that yeah. she literally imprisoned her and then had her beheaded for bullshit reasons. Crazy. And people believed her. First of all, it's rumored that she was a lesbian because she refused to have any children, which was because she refused to have sex with men. Um, and then two, Mary Queen of Scots had only boys. 
Oh, so, okay. Mm. She, and she was the rightful heir to the English and the Scottish throne by blood. Uh-huh. But when Queen Elizabeth's um, first husband or father died, I don't remember that part of the story. I only care about Mary Queen of Scots. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but like basically, oh my God, the fiercest part is this is the story. Is like at the end, uh, right before she dies, she comes yeah. out with her maidens. They're in all black. Uh-huh. Um, they come out in a triangle formation and they line, they get up where, um, where the executioner is and she pushes her arms straight out, one on each side. And two of her maidens grab the wrist of her dress and they tear it off and it turns into a full red, like, ball gown. Like she made this martyr statement and literally yeah. the last thing she said is, my only last wish is that Queen Elizabeth meets her fate and my son will truly rule both kingdoms. And 30 years later, Queen Elizabeth died without an heir and her yeah. son ruled England and Scotland. Wow. So I What a drag moment. Yeah. yeah. I love that story. It's <laughs> so cool. I love it. Yeah, it's a cool story. How about music? What are some of the hot bops you listen to? Um, well, The Big Girl by Yuriko Hira is a really oh, good yeah, one. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've heard of that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> iTunes, Spotify. Yes. Yeah. Uh, ting, ting. Um, music. I, I love I love Lizzo right now. Yeah, Lizzo is so fantastic. She's very uh, body yeah. positive, beautiful, mm-hmm. unafraid. And so great um, on the show, too. <clears throat> oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, she was great. She was a great guest. I gave her my corset after the runway, actually. <laughs> she was in love with my corset she, when she was critiquing me, and I was like, girl, you can have it after this. Oh, that's right. Yeah. You are fierce, honey. So we did, when we come out to do the little dance, yeah. I didn't lie, girl. I unzipped my corset and I threw it at her <laughs> and said, here you go, mama. Keep doing you. Stay fierce. That reminds me also, did you have any kind of anticipatory dread or anxiety leading up to the group dance numbers because you got injured in a group dance number? Well, I did the first one, but I kind of got past that. You okay, know, I think yeah. that's what, after having to lip sync and stuff and get, going through that fear, I realized like, if you let this fear hold you back, you're not going to do as well as you want. Yeah, certainly. And that's why at that point, I, yeah. that's where the Eureka that argued with the Vixen came from Okay, because yeah. I was in defense mode. Sure. You know, and it was yeah. the next day and I had just realized like, I'm not going nowhere. Mm-hmm. I'm not putting up a bullshit and y'all are not sending my big ass home. Yeah. So gotcha. I was in like competitive mode. And yeah, so that's I think when that kicked in. You mentioned that. before. Yeah. 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 Okay. So, um, and then after that, I think, I was a little, I was a little anxious for probably the fin- the final performance sure, yeah, piece because yeah. it's the top four. Yeah. yeah, you know, and you 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 do your verse. It's like the ultimate dream is to get a, a verse and RuPaul's song on yeah. RuPaul's Drag Race, which I got. But also the choreography was not easy, and we had to do it. We did it four times in a row. Yeah. Five hours before we actually started filming, yeah. we had just finished rehearsal because we stayed like super late the night before rehearsing yeah. Yeah. over and over and over. So we got like two hours of sleep before we had to get up, get in drag and and perform it in mm. front of RuPaul, Carson Kressley, yep. you know, uh, Michelle Visage, yeah. Roz Matthews, all of them were there, yeah. sitting there, perched. Uh-huh. Sure. <laughs> right, right in front of the camera screen so they get to see all the angles. Oh, perfect. Side note is nobody realizes how hard choreography is to memorize in such a short period of time. In a 24-hour period. It's, if it's, you're it's crazy. So, and you're not working with, like, you know, casual light choreographers. No. You're working with people <laughs> who are giving you mind-bending yeah. things. Yeah. So, like, everyone's like, oh, how can't you remember that? Like, it's so Im- incredibly hard to remember yeah. choreography. Well, then the you're spot. doing choreography with um, girls that are three feet shorter than you are. Yeah. And you have to be in sync or else you look off. Yeah. So, if you're doing moves where you have to, like, do hand twirls and go down, mm-hmm. you have to go down a foot further yeah to look sure. like, so that you don't look off yeah and that's where i think i impressed obviously especially with todrick because he was a little worried because there were moments like that's what i kept getting critiqued on so it was just harder because i'm like 
in drag, I'm like six foot eight. Yeah, you know what I mean? Right. Literally, because I have like four inch heels. I've yeah. got like four to five inch hair on. Yeah. You know, so I'm like literally he wasn't kidding when he says I'm I'm like the guy from the Green Mile. There's just the biggest <laughs> like stone cold Steve Austin out there in drag, bitch. Like just big as hell. Do you also cure people's urinary tract infections by cupping their crotch? Because that was the standout moment for me of that film. Oh, what? So the first time Tom Hanks realizes that Michael Clark Duncan's character has some kind of special gift, he asks Tom Hanks why he's uh, sort of having trouble peeing, and then he just holds his crotch. And then he's good as a uh, new. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know excuse. where the fuck that came from. Where did that come from? <laughs> Stephen King has this weird thing. There's like a recurring like urinary tract problem in a few of his books. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, and then Quentin Tarantino is obviously obsessed with feet. There you go. So we have like all the directors have something. <laughs> There's always something. You know? yeah. an- another talent of a drag queen is their ability to hold their bladder, pound the drinks, oh, not untuck, yeah. and go all night. Oh, yeah, let's get I into God, that. Because I mean, story. And I, I also, I have to step out. Oh, yeah. You have to go get your child. I have to go pick up my child from school. Okay. Well, if you want to pursue these degenerate activities, I mean, there's nothing we can do to stop you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it sounds like you're getting ready to get into a big old mess. I, I would think I'd like to leave my three-year-old behind, but I kind of really like her. So. Yeah, I yeah. like her, We're too. That's fair. Later. It was lovely having you uh, with Thanks for us. having Thank me. You. This has been fun. Yeah. It's been I want to say, actually, watching the way that you look at Eureka when... We're talking about stories. I really hope that everyone in the world has a friend like you. Absolutely. Just like, oh my God, yeah. me too. Oh, hold me. Hold me, hold me, hold me. It's like magical. So it's completely much. amazing. Couldn't agree more. It's oh, really thank been you. lovely. That's so yeah. sweet. I want to cry and give you a I Grammy. Oh, <laughs> cry and give you a Grammy. Yeah. I hate thank him you, so much. Thank you. Okay. I love you. Lots of love. Bye. So nice to meet you, Ryan. Great to meet you. Yes. Thanks so much. Finally. For Finally. Uh-huh. Yes, oh, my God. Finally. I, I, love, seeing you I again, love seeing yeah. your face. And obviously, <laughs> thank you for having me on Whimsically uh, Volatile. Volatile, yes. Yeah, well, thank, you for, thank you for being on. It's been lovely. Yeah. And looking forward to having you back for Movie Club. Oh, yeah. And another chat. Another chat, too. If you want to join us as well, that'd be fabulous. Oh, yeah. Come over. Yeah. She'll do it. We'll make her watch a, uh, what she will probably think is a horrible movie, but we will love it. That'll make it even better. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? All right. I love you guys. 